I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul yeah. Catch, 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 you're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go Yeah The bill will be a rockin' And Bosco's what are talking Purple love Purple love Bosco's boy Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love Just a hunk of hunk of purple love And the boneheads are talking purple love. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another week in Blitz Month. Uh, full disclosure, just in case any crazy breaking news happens, we are recording this on August 16th in the afternoon. You guys will be hearing it on a Monday, because Monday is our biggest day when it comes to downloads, even when we're going five days a week. And last week we had Jimmy going and we went deep into the numbers. And I thought, how do I back that up? Well, I decided to send out an email and find a Hall of Famer. I decided to find the one voice that is more associated with K-State Athletics Excellence than any other voice. It is, like I said, the Kansas Broadcast Hall of Famer. And honestly, if you're not in there already, I'm going to start the petition to get you into the K-State Athletics Hall of Fame, Wyatt Thompson. Uh, Wyatt, thank you so much for coming back on. I think the last time we talked, we were getting ready for that amazing basketball season. I dropped the ball. I wanted to get you on in the offseason because there's a million questions I want to ask you, uh, but it's time to talk football again. It's amazing how it creeps up on us every single time. Well, first of all, thank you for all of that. Uh, it's so truly appreciated, Scott Wildcat. It's good to be back on with you again, buddy. I, I, I've enjoyed our chats in the past. 
yeah, it goes fast. You're right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could have talked basketball last year, but there was so much going on. But here we are uh, as the defending Big 12 champions, and I can't wait to get this puppy started, man. Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, I, I can't wait. That game with CMOs right around the corner. And, you know, I, I, I know, you know, whether it's Jill, Jill Shields or, uh, you know, Chris Kleiman, I'm sure they don't have this mindset. I kind of wish we would stop, you know, scheduling these FCS teams who are like top 25 playoff contenders, playoff participants, because, you know, I, I miss those days where you could go like 80 to nothing on that FCS team. Uh, there are no off nights on this schedule. And that's honestly what kind of makes this big 12 title defense so exciting. Well, I'm with you on that. I think that's a really good place to start because I, I think the schedule for K-State is probably much more difficult than some would perceive it to be. And in fairness, you know, I think it does start with SEMO. Some people are going to say, no, come on now, it's an FCS team. I get all of that. But um, they're very well coached. They have a lot of people back, including their quarterback. Their top re- their top running back is back. One of their really good receivers is back. Um, and, and try this one on for size. They have a preseason All-American at all three levels of their defense. I don't know if too many people this side of a, a team like Alabama or Georgia can say things like that. That's pretty impressive. And then after that, I mean, I, I don't know about you, bud, but uh, Troy won 12 games a year ago. We go to Mizzou, and then we come back home to start conference play with UCF. And I, I think they're the most, quote, Big 12-ready team of the four newbies. Um, and I think that'll be a challenge uh, in week one of the conference race. I really do. Oh, and, and then an early bye week and, you know, Stillwater's kind of been a little bit of a house of horrors uh, for the yeah. Wildcats as of late. If, if Maybe we could sneak Byron Pringle and Skylar Thompson to be on the sideline. <laughs> Although, you know, those guys are NFL, you know, Skylar with the Dolphins, uh, Byron Pringle linking up with uh, the Washington Commanders and, I'm glad you brought up Troy because I, I was going to say, well, you know, here I am talking about let's stop, you know, scheduling conference champions in the FCS. Well, Troy, you know, after we saw what happened with Alabama, we we again lived through what happened with Arkansas State. Um, he, I'm not going to say it's a bugaboo in the Chris Kleiman era uh, because I think that'd be a little bit unfair. But you look at the quality of teams, even at the G5 level. There's a reason why CBS has K-State with the top 10 strength of schedule. Uh, All the analytics folks have K-State with the top 25 strength of schedule. Um, And K-State fans like myself have liked to get, you know, our jokes off at the expense of the Missouri Tigers saying that's the easiest of the three non-con games. Now, I don't think that's true. Former big eight foe on the road. Uh, But when you kind of balance that out, uh, you know, you can't have an off night. You can't. And, and let's go back to something that you said. Stillwater has been pretty tough for K-State of late. K-State also must go to Lubbock, and we all know how difficult it can be there. And I'm just here to tell you, their fans are every bit as excited about their team because of the way they finished last year. They think they're going to be in this title hunt. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. They, they believe that they are. We'll see if they are true, truly going to be that. But, you know, this is also a year, and and I'm not picking on anybody or whatever, but if I'm being honest, I would much rather be playing Oklahoma this year later than Texas, right? I mean, maybe Oklahoma, and and by the way, let's just throw it out there. Oklahoma has the easiest conference schedule by a mile, and it's not close. So maybe they'll bounce back some, and I think they will. But 
I'm a believer that Texas is going to be a handful. Now, does that mean they can, you know, be in the national title hunt, win the league and those kind of things? Well, let's pump the brakes and see what they look like. Uh, they're going to get tested early at Alabama. Maybe that'll be a pretty good uh, indication, but they played him very, very tough last year in Austin. We'll see. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's the final season for both those teams. And I think I understand what the schedule makers wanted to do with Oklahoma and Texas, you know, send them on the road to Cincinnati. And, you know, you always have to have that final bedlam game. It will be interesting seeing, uh, you know, the unbalanced schedules at work because it's, what, been over a decade since we haven't had a round-robin type schedule. Um, how much of an adjustment is that for you kind of when you're trying to handicap the race or really look at the big 12 as a whole and have to take into account, Ooh, who got the easier draw who might have a tougher conference schedule because it's really taken me all off season to kind of remember, Hey, everyone's not playing everyone. anymore. Well, let me give you an example of that. Okay. Uh, during my time in the summer, uh, much like the coaches, although it's somewhat different, I try to work a little bit ahead on all of those opponents to at least have a base to start with, right? I mean, you could understand that. Um, so I did I did a, a depth chart, preseason depth chart on West Virginia. We don't play them. Uh, did one on BYU. We don't play them. Most people would say, what are you doing? But you have to have a, you know, if you're going to sit here and talk about them and, and promote and talk about the league, <coughs> excuse me, every day of your life for the next several months, you probably better have a pretty good idea of what you're talking about. And I don't know if I'm in that category or not, but I try to be. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited about the league and, and the future. And I think you said it well. This is going to be an odd year with the final year of Oklahoma and Texas. And honestly, just bluntly stated, I am going to severely miss the, the real round robin of football and basketball in this league. I, I'm truly going to miss that. I had a nice uh, exchange with Shahan J. Raja of CBS Sports, uh, probably the best Big 12 voice if you look at the legacy sports media. Love Shahan. He's been on our show a bunch. Um, losing out on round robin in football and double round robin in basketball, I think, is outside of some of the historic rivalries, maybe the thing that really hurts my soul the most. Um, you know, when, when we start looking forward to those future scheduling, do you have a preference on how things are put together? I had Gene Taylor on the show, um, uh, and it, it published today as, as you and I are recording it, uh, last Wednesday for folks who are listening, it sounds like, uh, you know, divisions, some folks might want to go back to that. It doesn't sound like Gene is in that camp. Um, do you want to see more of a pod system? Do you want to see protected rivalries? similar to the way the Big Ten was going to try to do 16 teams uh, before they decide, now we're going to throw we're going to throw all that work out the window and add Oregon and Washington. How would you like to see us schedule 16 teams moving forward? Well, if I'm being as blunt and upfront as, as humanly possible, let me restate how I'm, I'm going to miss the old format. I don't think there's a perfect way moving forward necessarily but I think the most fair, and by that I mean to the schools, to the athletes, coaches, um, I, I think is is some type of do the best you can with the with the close rivalries, like Kansas State, Kansas kind of thing, but also probably a pod system, <clears throat> just because when the new four come in and you get to sixteen. 
that way over the course of, of one's four years of actual playing, you're going to get to every spot. It's like in basketball, as an example, you know, you'll get to go to BYU or you'll get to go to Cincinnati or Houston or whatever it might be. And, and, and they would, would come to your place. To me, life isn't always fair, Scott, and we know that. But but to me, just on the outside, and maybe I'll feel differently as we study it and get a little closer on what they may do. But to me, today, I think that's that's the the, the best plan. But there are people that would certainly argue with that, <laughs> no doubt about it. No, I I don't think there's a perfect way. And and, and I'll say this: before we added uh, four of those mountain schools, if we would have gone in, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I didn't want to necessarily add Memphis, uh, UConn, USF, or anything like that. Uh, The the pod system would have been a lot easier if you added one more team out in the east. I get worried if we do pods that they might ship the Cyclones out east. And I'm sure you're aware of it, but the absolute history and longevity of K-State, Iowa State, and college football is unmatched. Once that series began, it has never been interrupted and is the longest never interrupted series in college football. I, I kind of worry about losing that game if they were to get shipped out East in a pod system. Yeah. The, I've talked to a lot of people about this and I think most people feel like, and, and this from a, again, you can't always go by just the location because we, we've seen that's not the, the way in a lot of, a lot of these things, but maybe we'll get back to a little bit of that. And all of those that I've seen in that would have, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, maybe together. The next one, do you is it Colorado or is it Oklahoma State? You could make an argument either way there. And and honestly, I'd probably be fine with with either. Again, I I just think you know you don't have a the the perfect system with sixteen. But with that said, let's let's end this on on a somewhat of a positive thing. I think adding those schools, those four. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado strengthens this league so much from a perspective of strength um, and and what's out there down the road in grant of rights deals. Um, hey, you, you got to live with some other things that might not be perfect, right? Yes, and especially with where my head was, I I, I remember it vividly. My final years in high school, being worried with uh, you know Colorado, Nebraska, A and M. In Missouri leaving and then recently uh, with you know OU in Texas so uh, look if we have to deal with some scheduling funks uh, you know to have <laughs> these brands these teams uh, you know I, I'm I'm a happy camper to deal with any sort of uh, head and, and I say headache like I have any say in it I I'm fine with whatever Gene Taylor and all the athletic directors on the uh, football scheduling council uh, come up with that's for sure yeah I, I think you know when you get into those types of uh, people, the leadership of, of these, you know, athletic departments around the, the group of 16, if you will, uh, th- they'll figure out what is, what is good. I, I have no, no problem with that at all. Uh, I think we've got, you know, so many of those people are really, really good at what they do and they'll, they'll get this straightened out. It, it's going to be an adjustment for, for, for people like us, the fan base. And at the end of the day, we're all fans, right? I mean, yeah. let's, let's cut to the chase and you want what's best for your particular piece of pie so to speak but it's going to be fine we'll we'll fight through it oh yeah and i'm looking forward to it 
I'm also looking forward to the latest beer from our sponsor, Manhattan Brewing Company. They collaborate with President Richard Linton for the championship run, a blueberry Hefeweizen that dropped on is dropping this week on August 23rd. It is a delicious beer. I got a little bit of sneak preview of it when I went in there just the other day to record our Blitz Month preview with Jimmy. It's delicious. And don't let Blueberry fool you. That is a purple beer with President Richard Linton. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Again, this year we're running it back. Towny Wheat is the tailgate beer of the season. So get into Manhattan Brewing Company. Get a couple pints. Tell them Bosco's voice sent you. And tell them you want a Wyatt Thompson beer coming up soon, too. So that, that, <laughs> that's what we want to see. And then I'll also take this opportunity just to say uh, I, I'm sure I – I'm sure you could speak much more eloquently, but my thoughts and prayers, I'm 100% behind President Linton. Uh, you know, he, he's facing down a cancer fight as so many folks have themselves and their loved ones. I have no doubt he's going to treat it just like K-State football is going to treat the Big 12 and beat the crap out of it. Uh, so if if the off chance, President Linton, you're listening, just know myself and the entire entity of the Bosco's Boys podcast is behind you. So yeah, and I think everybody is that certainly. I had a chance to visit with uh, uh, President Linton at football practice the other day and and wished him the best and told him you know we were thinking about him on a daily basis and hoping for the absolute best and he's got such a great attitude about it and I think he'll attack it like he does everything else. And I think we're all there to support him. So certainly he has a fight in front of him, but uh, we, we know what kind of human being he is and uh, what a friend he's become to, to all K-Staters everywhere. And uh, we're, we're praying for him in a big way. Yes. Uh, let's dive into a little bit more uh, on this year's version of the K-State Wildcats. Uh, you and I were talking before uh, I hit record. I, I'm an addict when it comes to listening to sports talk radio, uh, college football podcasts, and K-State's been getting a lot of love, but something that it it sounds like a lot of folks aren't doing quite enough homework is on the running backs. Now, I, I'm I'm not – what I'm about to say is not to take anything away from Deuce Vaughn, consensus All-American, and he's about to make the entire NFL look silly for what he's going to be able to do with Dallas. Uh, but when you look at what DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward both were able to do in limited carries last year um, – I think that the national media is maybe kind of overlooking these two guys and maybe it won't be as big of a drop off when you combine those two uh, for what the production is going to be in the backfield. Uh, what have you been able to see from those two guys at uh, preseason camp so far? Well, you said a lot there. Um, and, and what I would tell you is it's virtually impossible mm -hmm. to replace Deuce from the standpoint of just his big playability, the shock plays, as the coaches say. Um, I mean, K-State had 60-some plays over 20 yards last year, and he had about half of those. <laughs> so he's he's big-time legit. You don't. It's like trying to replace Darren Sproles. You don't do it. You just kind of move on. With that said, I thought you said something pretty unique because if you really study it, D.J. Giddens, in very limited opportunities for the most part, rushed for over 500 yards last year, and Treshawn averaged 6.6 .6 yards per carry in the ACC. So I think with when you put together the following, the coaching with Colin Klein, returning quarterback Will Howard, top eight offensive line guys back, what they know they're going to have with Phillip Brooks, what they pretty sure they're going to have with R.J. Garcia and Keegan Johnson, these two guys 
you know, if they're just who they are, I think you're going to see pretty good production. It's going to look different than Deuce, obviously, but these these are guys that that are highly skilled individuals, and and I'm excited for both of them. I I, I think they're going to do just fine. I really mean that sincerely. Yeah, and again, I think I think it's uh, lazy. And not trying to be mean to anyone, but, but I think K State fans even fall into this a little bit, thinking, oh, you know, what what about running back out of the passing game? Well. Some of DJ's biggest plays last year, I think back to some big catches versus TCU down in Fort Worth uh, versus Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. He can do it. And Trayshawn Ward, again, he can do it out of the passing ta- or backfield as well. You got to think Colin Klein salivating, thinking about, okay, what can I draw up? Not just for these guys, but maybe them both on the field at the same time as well. Well, I think that's a great point because I think you're going to see some of that. Both of those guys are skilled enough. Think about what it's going to be for, you know, defensive coordinators around the league to deal with both of those guys in there at the same time. And if they're also dealing with, let's say, Philip Keegan and Ben Sennett, that's going to create some headaches for people around the conference. And there are other teams that can do it too. But but I I'm big on Ben Senate. I think he's he's a pro. Um, I think he's you know in line to have a big year. We all I think are so excited about you know where Will Howard is right now with his confidence and his his abilities. Um, and if you know if this team stays healthy, there's really no reason honestly to think that this will not be a productive productive offensive team. If you go back and study the numbers from last year, it was one of the top five offensive performances in a season in Kansas State football history. And that history has been pretty good over the last 35 years or so, as you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yes, yes, you you are spot on there. Um, Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball real quick because in in kind of a similar manner, you are losing the two-time defending defensive lineman of the year and defensive player of the year in Felix and Yudike Uzama, uh, having one of the best week one preseasons for a rookie uh, for the Chiefs, by the way. Uh, And and I liked seeing that because, uh, again, some of that Kansas City sports talk it's not too kind to Felix with his training camp. And sure enough, he turned it on when the lights were bright in preseason. Uh, but you lose that. And I think, again, some of the narrative is, okay, how do they backfill that? Well, Nate Matlack battled through injuries last year, but we saw what he did as a freshman. Khalid Duke comes back to his native position. Then as something I've been, this has been my offseason uh, you know, mission to make everyone, and I know you know this, uh, Bryn Mott, 
is a tied for the leading returning sack getter in the entire conference. Uh, So with those three guys, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think the production of uh, pressures coming off the edge is going to take much of a step back, if at all. Uh, Am I off there? Feel free. We're friends. You can tell me if I, if I'm being a little too bullish, so feel free. No, I I think what you're saying certainly has merit. I I would even step farther ahead and say, uh, and it's easy to say this from a K-State perspective, but if, if you made a list of maybe the 10 or 15 most underrated defensive players in the Big 12 defensively, I'm just going to tell you Brendan Mott would be on that list. I just believe he would be. Very undervalued. You mentioned Duke going back to his normal position. I think that helps a lot. And knock on wood, if Nate Matlack can stay healthy, and there's questions whether he will or he won't, but if he does, that's a pretty good grouping of guys. And I know it's hard in this league to count on, you know, other guys that don't have nearly as much experience. But I will tell you, I think the future is really bright for K-State. When you look at the defensive end position, uh, these guys aren't household names yet, but I'm just going to look at my defensive chart here. Um, Ryan Davis, Donovan Ryman, Jordan Allen, and Chidi Obi-Izor. Those names will become household names at some point. And I think there will be one of those guys, if not a couple, that help at least some this year. Has K-State been better at defensive end? Sure. Felix was a stud. Let's 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 cut to the chase here. Uh, it's hard to replace him. There's no doubt. The guy was one of the most disruptive forces in the Big 12. But I think K-State's going to be okay there. I'm right there with you. Place we know. It's not any questions. We don't have to project. We know K-State is going to be big time. Are the guys on the other side of the trenches? You mentioned it. You're bringing your top eight offensive linemen back. I don't know how many, if any, places in the nation are bringing those guys back. Uh, how big was it, and were you surprised at all uh, that you know bring back the beef is what I think they're saying in, in that in yeah. that uh, locker room? Um, how surprised were you? Because I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I'd already written Cooper BB off as a possible uh, first rounder. I thought, hey, you know, these guys, college football's tough. You know, KT, maybe go try to be a pro. Some of those other guys, hey, that's a lot of banging on big bodies. I was shocked that they all decided to come back, and I am pumped. I'm through the roof. I was a very, very, very mediocre at best, if I want to be nice to myself, offensive lineman when I played. Uh, so I <laughs> love seeing these guys uh, coming back. Um, was, was it a surprise for you? And how high is high for this group? Well, was it a surprise? Absolutely. Great surprise. Oh, my gosh. Um, it. Sometimes you just have things happen and it's like, you're kidding me. This is a you're kidding me moment. Because Hooper BB could have gone out and would have been at worst a early second round pick, I believe. Then you have Hayden Gillum, who is way undervalued and very smart and cerebral at that center position. He decides to come back for year six. And then you get those two tackles, both guys coming back for a sixth year. In addition to that, you know, Taylor Portier from Bishop Miege is coming back, albeit off ACL. These coaches really think a lot of some of those other guys like it. I'll just throw a a couple of two or three names out here to you. Andrew Langang, 
John Pastore as an example. I'd throw Sam Hecht into that mix. I think those guys feel like in the climate era, this is easily the the most experience and strength and depth that they've had. So it, it was mentioned by Chris Kleiman and uh, you know Coach Connor Riley that Duff is battling with an injury. I, I don't think it's been disclosed exactly what it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, may or may not miss the first couple games. I think, uh, you know, we're kind of waiting to see when we get a little bit closer. Um, but who may step into that right tackle role if he is going to kind of ease back into things a little bit? Because you mentioned a bunch of names. And then, you know, Cooper Beebe, he, he was an All-American tackle as well. So uh, there's a million different ways they could go. Uh, if you had to kind of throw a couple names out there, who who might be starting week one if they're going to let Duffy kind of ease back into things? Well, the, I love the subject because I, I would tell you, I do think Duff will miss a, a game or two. That's just me. I, I have no inside information there. It's just my feel. Uh, and and I'm going to throw a name out here that I didn't mention a moment ago. And, and that's Carver Willis. Carver's a terrific young guy. He's really developed into a good quality football player. He would be a possibility to replace Duff against Simo, I think. But the one thing that I like about Connor Riley and the, this coaching staff and how they do this, so, many, so much versatility with these guys. You know, Hayden Gillen, for the most part, is going to play center. But if you look at Andrew or you look at Hadley Panzer, both of those guys can play multiple positions, right? Sam Hecht can play multiple positions. It's a no-brainer to say – I mean, Cooper Beebe's played virtually everywhere. <laughs> so, so there are options. Could they swing – you know, BB out to right tackle for a game or two. Absolutely, they could. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer. If if I'm guessing, I think it'll it would probably be Carver Willis who gets the start. But I I do think that there is you know more than one answer there, and and that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. You, you know, because I know you're a baseball fan as well. Typically, it happens late in the season where they're like, all right, we're going to have someone play all nine positions on the field, typically the final <laughs> game of the year for a team not contending, like maybe Bobby Witt Jr. would do that for, uh, you know, the Kansas City Royals is a fun thing. Uh, again, I think Connor Riley probably would chew my head off if I tried to make any sort of uh, a sideshow of his unit. But I think I'd love to see Cooper try to do all five in in one game. Again, you know, I think he could probably do center Again, don't tell him that because I think he'd probably chew my head off if I ever tried to come up with something that silly. But I think he could do it all in one game, too. He's well, I don't think there's now. any question. I don't know that he'll ever do that or, or be asked to do it. But I, I'm pretty confident that Coop could do that if called upon. You know, and you, you mentioned Bobby Witt. And uh, there, there are others that have played multiple, multiple positions uh, down through the years. It's hard to do. Uh, but, but, uh, uh, of all guys in those five positions, he would be as good a candidate, uh, as any that I can think of off the top of my head, uh, probably in the time I've been at K-State, I I think you could, the, the one guy that would come to mind for me most recently would be probably a guy like Cody Whitehair who, who could play, you know, multiple positions, uh, don't know if Cody were here with us where he would say, yeah, I could play all five, but I'm, I'm thinking Coop may be able to say, yeah, I'm in. Let's, let's do it. 
Well, I, I love it. Uh, final thing with the uh, offensive line before we move on. Uh, we saw how great Hadley Panzer stepped up last year. You mentioned, you know, Taylor Portier coming back uh, from his knee injury. Um, are they in a position battle at that uh, guard position? Or is it more of kind of like, all right, hey, you know, Panzer's coming back. He did well last year. Connor Riley loves to rotate offensive linemen more than maybe any offensive line coach in the nation. Is it kind of like, okay, hey, they're both quality, but we, we want Poitier, Taylor, TP coming off the bench and kind of filling in and when they're doing those kind of line changes a little bit. I seem to say this after every question you ask, but that's a really good question. And this is the one that I would probably struggle the most with to answer, if I'm being honest. Let's go back a couple of seasons. If you remember two years ago when Taylor tore his ACL, what Kleiman said was, is look, this is maybe the best offensive lineman we have. And I'll just remind you that we were just talking that Cooper Beebe was part of that group. I think that says all you need to know about TP. He, he is a gamer. He's tough. Maybe some people after an ACL tear in back-to-back years and different knees would have said, ah, I'm done. Not him. He's out there kicking it. And is he pushing for a starting position? You better believe he is. That, that, I guarantee you that's his goal. But I'm probably a little unqualified to, to say when we go into to the start of the game one that, yep, it's going to be Hadley or, yep, it's going to be TP. Cause I, that'd be a total guess. And I, you know me, I, I, if I know, I'll tell you, but I, I, I don't know. I, it, it'll be, it's up in the air probably a little bit. Yeah. And it, it, I think, and, and don't tell coach common. I said this, I think sometimes he's <laughs> too honest for his own good. If I were him, I'd be playing depth chart games the entire year at that position. Uh, just because you can, just because, hey, I'd throw the oar up there and have a little suspense when the when the offense runs out there and they they play that video, the starting lineup. I'd put sure. TP and Hadley Panzer up there. I'd be like, wait, we have seven starting offensive? <laughs> I would be messing with everyone until that first offensive series, and that's where my eyes are going to go immediately, that right guard spot to see who's trotting out there. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's a really good point. And, and I, again, I, I, I want to mention – it's important for Connor Riley and this team to have versatility there because it is, um, you know, I'll give you an example of John Pastore. I, I've seen him in the camp play both tackle positions and people, you know, perceive that to be the same. Well, it's not the same. Similar, yes. The same, no. It, it takes skill set to – another example would be go back to last year late in the year and in the, in the title game with Keenan Garber, who spent most of the year as a receiver. And in the biggest game of the year, he's playing corner. So it's not exactly the same, but you get the point. These guys are really good athletes and some of them can play multiple positions. I, I'll give you another example. Jordan Wright um, is a guy who there is no doubt in my mind that he could play two or three positions uh, for K-State in that secondary. Jake Jake Clifton could probably play a couple of two or three uh, at, at backer and, and has in practice. So versatility, baby. Yeah, I, I love that about the defense. And then even uh, Toby <laughs> Osenswamy, or I, I call him Toby. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, he's playing, you know, both outside backer, and then it sounds like, you know, he might be a stand-up defensive rush end at some points. You know, I, I, I think – you know, everyone talks about positionless basketball. 
feels like Coach Klanderman, Coach Van Malone, the entire defense, it's not positionless, but it's quite position fluid for almost all 11 guys out there. Well said. And Toby is a unique one, too, because from my perspective, and I'm not a coach, I'm, I'm a fan and the broadcaster, but I'm going to tell you, Toby looks pretty comfortable when, when he's at either either spot. Uh, has great size, has, has a heck of a good motor. He's he's playing much faster. As the coaches say, the game is slowing down for him, and I believe that is so. Uh, so, yeah, he's another example of, of guys that can do different things, and I love his skill set and, and his motor. He, he's uh, You want to talk about a, a dude that's going to be a dude and is just scratching the surface? Put him on near the top of the list, and there are several others, of course, but he he's he's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I can't I cannot wait. Um, we got a handful of questions left before we wrap up, but we're also sponsored by Charlie Hustle. If you guys are listening to this on Monday, I know I know I teased last week, hey, we're gonna have our giveaway. Charlie Hustle, they called me up on the phone when they heard that episode, say, Hey, can you push it to next week? We might we might just have uh, some brand new K-State merch dropping next Monday. So as you guys are listening to this, I've seen a sneak peek. It is the best K-State merchandise I have ever seen. Included in that, we were talking about K-State beef. That's right. They have an offensive lineman NIL shirt. They have a Will the Thrill, Will Howard NIL shirt, plus all sorts of great throwback stuff. Go to the Bosco's Boys Twitter account. We're going to have a giveaway that the details will drop at noon on this Monday that you guys are listening to it. And then check out charliehustle.com, Vintage Made Fresh. All sorts of great stuff. Why? When are they going to get a Wyatt and Stan broadcast T-shirt over at Charlie Hustle? <laughs> you know, I'll ask you about that. Um, I have no clue. Uh, don't know if that would sell or not. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I would definitely buy one. Um, here's kind of like the the point where most folks, I, I try to pin them down into predictions. I'll, I'll let you be a little bit more open ended with it. I'll ask a question about Will Howard because. Uh, after this one, because, you know, I haven't asked one specifically about Will, but outside of Will, if you were having to peg a guy that fans will say, hey, he was the guy, he was the offensive MVP, what, who might be a couple of those contenders outside of Will Howard? Well, Will is certainly at the top of the list because of just how confident he is, how much better he's become. I love his makeup, his toughness, all of those kind of things. I go back to those two running backs that we talked about. I think you have to do that. Um, and and if you really listen to uh, – no, no, I know we're early here and you haven't heard a lot from the coaches necessarily yet. But if you heard Colin Klein the other day uh, talk a little bit about Keegan Johnson, I, I think he could be a, a – a, he could be a pick here. Let's put it that way. Really good route runner against Manor Zone has the ability and the strength to, to get some separation, has good hands, just a really, really nice football player. Uh, comes from a football family. His dad played in the league. Uh, I was talking to him the other day. His, had a couple of brothers play major college ball, and um, he, he just gets it. You can see it. Uh, so he would be right there too. Um, and then, you know, again, I, I don't know if it's right putting him there because, you know, tight ends don't always get a lot of publicity, but I'm proud of of, of the one we have. I, I think he's absolutely one of the best players in the country. I, I wouldn't count Ben Sennett out either. I, I think he's poised if he can stay healthy for a really, really nice big year. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, I would say if anyone listening to this show has not heard Van Malone's press availability from this week, uh, man, that 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 guy. I mean, I know there's rules about how how much folks can go up there. I, I need more Van Malone at a podium. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I know Coach Kleiman. He has those Tuesdays. If there's going to be a change, I say give Van Malone every Wednesday from here on out because he sure lets the information go and. Uh, th- there are a couple of fun stories about DJ Giddens here on the scout team that I enjoyed hearing. Well, Van is special. Uh, and I mean that as sincerely as I can say it. I, I think um, he probably should have already been a head coach by now somewhere. I, I, I mean that if you, if you look at what K-State has done in the secondary um, and, and I say this a lot of times when I speak to service clubs and stuff, this is the third straight year K-State has rebuilt their secondary. And when you think about Chris Kleiman and his defensive prowess, and you think about the job that Joe Klanderman has done, and then Van Malone coaching those corners, there's a reason K-State put three guys in the pros from that position last year and did it the year before too, and will probably do it again. Those guys know what they're doing, and, and there are good athletes back there. You know, a lot of people, I mean, think about it. Big, defending Big 12 champions – three guys from that secondary playing at the next level and not really a lot of concern at the moment necessarily. I mean, they're more, more asking about, you know, the running backs and who's going to be the next receiver behind Phillip and, and those kind of things as opposed to, Oh my gosh, who's going to replace Julius Brents. <laughs> right. I mean, if, if we're being honest, let, let's, let's it, just say it. it it's and, wild. And there's and we, reasons for that. You look at VJ Payne's a really good player. Uh, Jacob Parrish is a really good player. Marquis Siegel's a good player. And on and on, you get the idea. Yeah, it, it is amazing. That's something we've talked about. You mentioned Kobe Savage. Oh yeah, Kobe Savage, <laughs> and 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 it's. It, I think we kind of almost take kind of Kobe for granted, which is weird because he was only here uh, for one year, and he even missed the back end. But I think K State fans have o- almost kind of. And I was going to ask about defensive MVP after uh, I asked about Will Howard. We'll just kind of move into that. I didn't okay. put a qualifier uh, for defensive MVP uh, like I, I did for offense, but. I we've I've asked so many people and Kobe Savage always comes up. Uh, I I've seen clips from practice. I haven't been able to go. I think they'd probably put me into a you know a gator and run me over if I tried to show up. But Kobe seems to be moving around very well. I, I'm lucky enough to talk with his dad on occasion. It sounds like rehab. It's gone about as perfect as it can. How excited are you for this young man to get back out there after his? journey through Tyler uh, Community College, no Texas schools wanting him, coming to K-State, and now he's back from that knee injury, ready to, you know, set the world on fire. Well, let's go back to when he went out last year at Baylor and, and our hearts just sank, right? I mean, we all knew what kind of football player he was and how difficult he was going to be to replace. He played really great football last year, honestly. And, and I think he will again. He is a football junkie. I think, I mean this honestly, I, I, I don't, I've been around a lot of kids that love the game of football. He's right near the top of the list. I mean, he, he's all about it all the time. And, and I think his dad's, you know, his biggest fan and I get that, but, but I think you and I are right, right there too. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love his, his ability to hit and, and his willingness to hit. But he's more than just a big hitter. He's smart. He's tough. He's all about team. Um, I just there's not really anything in his resume where you say, "Ooh, worried about that." He is a baller now, big time. 
He really is. Let, let's circle back to Will Howard because, uh, you know, I, I'm in this group. When you saw what he, uh, you know, went through in 2020 and then again in 2021, uh, you know, I was a reactionary fan. I'm not going to pretend I wasn't. I was like, all right, well, you know, at least you got Avery Johnson coming in, you know, and <laughs> hey, Adrian Martinez is here. And I was in the stadium. I was in Eamon G. Carter Stadium when I see uh, Adrian limping off and Will Howard coming out there. And I'm like, well, buckle up. And then, you know, that touchdown pass from Cade Warner. And from that moment on, he redefined himself as a quarterback, probably not as a person. I think we all knew he had the intestinal fortitude, uh, lack of a better term, uh, and, and he was a good guy. But now we finally saw the type of quarterback that, you know, we thought we, we were going to get when you watch his high school tape. Uh, outside of just, you know, him as a person, how rewarding was it to see him finally come into his own and have probably all the fans see what you and the coaches would see in practice? Well, all through his journey, um, I, I kind of felt like we were dealing with somebody that that had the potential to be really good because of what his head coach was saying about him, what his offensive coordinator slash position coach was saying about him. And as I look back at, on it, and you mentioned those years, there were good things interspersed with a lot of tough things. And what I appreciated about Will as much as anything is when he would come to those press conferences on Tuesday, he would stand there and answer every question, never blinked. Um, I, Colin and I have talked about this a lot. That that was so impressive for a young man who was thrown to the wolves, so to speak, really before he was ready to play. I think it showed you, you know, his mental makeup. And then as time went on and and what have you, he worked so hard on release, footwork, all of those things to make himself a better thrower. But don't misunderstand here in any way, shape, or form. He has always had high-level cerebral football between the ears. And he's just grown there, too. And when you get up to the line of scrimmage and you see what you see like he does now and you can check to the right play, go through the progressions and all of those kind of things, he just is what he is. He's a matured football player and playing with a great deal of confidence. That doesn't mean he won't go through some some things this year. It, it's never just perfect, right? There, there's going to be challenges. We'll We'll – probably play from behind at times occasionally and but but hey he's been through a lot and I don't think he'll blink this time either I think he's going to be really good again last kind of uh player personnel question uh you've mentioned a ton of it throughout the entire uh uh conversation we've had of young guys who might be you know peeking onto the scene if you if you're gonna say hey k-state fans bring your roster be on the lookout for two to three guys for those first two non-conference games, whether they uh, be, you know, newcomers or young guys uh, who have been in the program that maybe the average fan is not talking about it. If you're going to highlight two or three guys that I should, you know, circle in my laminated roster that I'm going to bring in with me, who should I be looking <laughs> for? Well, it's a great question. And it's a difficult one to answer because I, I'm, I, I don't think I'm overstating this. I think I could probably name a guy in almost every position. And that says a lot about where K-State football is right now. I'll give you a couple of two or three quick examples. One guy in the linebacking core is Asa Newsom, who's a true freshman from Waverly, Iowa. I, I really think he's going to be a heck of a good football player. 
he would be one example. We mentioned Toby Osinsami, who's a redshirt freshman. So there's another guy. Now he's had his feet wet a little bit more, but but he would he would be a guy. Uh, I, I think on the offensive side, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest about this. I don't know how much he's going to help this year, but someday, and I think he could help us a little this year is receiver Trey Spivey. Um, and and how about this one? This may or may not surprise you. Running back Joe Jackson, freshman from Florida. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out one more. Mark this one down. I, I'm convinced of this, and you may have heard this some in the media here in the last few days. Garrett Oakley tight end is going to be really, really good. Really, really good. Yeah, and, and again, I not to go back into you know how things have gone in the past, but the pedigree and the the way that this staff has began to begun to recruit uh, some of these guys, massive recruiting battle wins, uh, and, and a lot of them identifying before any other staff again uh can't mention any any uh names unsigned or anything like that but i think if this staff does one thing better than any other staff in the entire nation it is finding those guys in their sophomore and junior tape or camping tape and they're in on some of these future four or five star guys before a single other school and that's why i i've learned my lesson if i see something on signing day and i think to myself What's going on here? I've now learned my <laughs> my lesson with this staff that they're seeing something that I obviously am not seeing, but I'm no expert. They see talent better than anyone else, and I'm glad you brought up Mr. Oakley because I think between him, Will Ancio, and all these young tight ends, I think Ben Sennett is kind of picking up the mantle from some of those transfers we had earlier. Uh, you know, it might be early, but I think you know five, ten years down the line, they might be calling K State the new tight end you. So I'm glad you brought up Oakley. Yeah, well, and and also what I think Ben Sennett is a terrific example of what you're talking about. Uh, I've given this example too uh, in in talks here, you know, over the last couple of months. Felix Anudike Yazama walked in here at about what two fifteen. Those young young defensive ends that I was talking about a moment ago, all of those guys are six four or bigger, and probably two forty or bigger walking in the door. So it is a you know they're recruiting some really good ones. And I, I think it is uh, an eye for, for talent to, to project a high school sophomore junior to what he's going to be two and three years down the road. Not everybody can do it. Some are better at it than others. And I think this staff, I don't want to start naming guys and leaving people off because I, I think, but I do think this is a staff that uh, has, has a lot of good quality recruiters in it. And, and uh, I think we're, uh, we're benefiting from it now. That's very true. Um, final, uh, you know, football question. I actually, I snuck in one kind of fun question at the end. Uh, okay. And again, I, I'm keeping you longer than I thought I would, but you know, I, <laughs> I could good. probably talk to you for five hours a day and I love it. But if you were going to pick some of the contenders with K state to make it to Arlington, that first Saturday in December, uh, before the season kicks off, who, who are some of the schools uh, that you think K state will be contending with? Uh, you mentioned a couple of them earlier, but if, you, if you're kind of dialing down, you know, that contender group, who's with K-State in that group? This one's a pretty easy one for me, uh, to be honest with you, because I, I think you have to start with Texas because of their skill set. 
but it's more than that. They've always had as good or better personnel than, than most everybody in the league, right? I mean, everybody would probably say that. The, the, the reason I say it today is the fact that I think that Sark has done a, a good job of getting, I'll say, the country club effect out of their program and, and becoming more physical and more tough. We saw that in a couple of true freshman offensive linemen last year, and both of those guys are going to be pros. They are big-time talents. Um, and, and the other thing is, is I'm hearing that Quinn Ewers had a great offseason, and he is right now performing at a, at a pretty good level. If he is what they think he can be, they will be really dangerous because they have a lot of people. They may not have a Bijan Robinson in that backfield, but you know the two or three that are going to run out there Maybe it's a Roshan Johnson, right? I mean, they're they're going to have dudes. That's just what it is. And I think people are still undervaluing TCU after what they did last year. Yes, like K-State, they lost some very impactful guys, no doubt. Deuce, Felix, Julius Brands, on and on and on. They have their guys like that too. But they do have a quarterback with some experience back. They recruited well. They filled some holes. Um, and, and, I, you know, winning is hard. But when you when you're used to winning and they did a lot of it last year, it, it breeds a lot of confidence. And I think they're going to be in the race. I think they have uh, the potential there. So I'll take those two Texas schools next. A lot of people may not disagree with that, but that, that's what I'm going to go with today. I love it. And then instead of a full, you know, funny pack of four questions, I got one that's it's not funny. It's a serious one. I, I'm curious. If if you had to have a dream play-by-play job outside of K-State basketball and football, because I know, hey, that, that's the top tier. That's about as good as it gets. If you had to choose one other team to overnight become the new play-by-play voice for, who are you choosing? Is everybody on the table here? Everyone except for K-State football and basketball <laughs> and baseball. I'm not going to let you, you know, you know, sweet talk your way into right. baseball for K-State. Anything that yeah. is not K-State, college, pro, international, anything you want, your play-by-play, what are you choosing? Well, that, that one's pretty easy. When I started this wonderful journey 47-plus years ago, uh, I wanted to be the voice of the Cardinals. Um not knowing at that time as an 18 year old that those people stay on those jobs for 40 and 50 years. But I have, I've, I've told you this before, man, I've been the luckiest guy ever. I have no regrets, but uh, I, I love baseball. I always have since I was a kid. Now I get asked a lot by people your age and younger that want to do this for a living. You know, what's your favorite sport? You know what my answer is? Depends on the time of year it is. <laughs> and that's the truth. But but if I could be one for a little while, I'd probably say St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Don't hold that against me, everybody. No, I know I, this is Royals country. Hey, I get it. I yeah. don't. I, I I do not hold that against you. Uh, I, I am a Royals <laughs> fan, yep. uh, but I, I do not hold that against you. Uh, why? Th- thank you so much again. I, I think each time I've had you on, I've had to apologize for keeping you longer than I said I would. Uh, but if if you want to say anything to the Boneheads, the fan of our show, or anyone who's coming in who's not a usual listener, so the regular K-State fans, what would you like to tell everyone? Well, uh, you know the old saying, it's a great day to be a Wildcat. I think that has not been any more true than it is today as we get ready to start a new sports season at Kansas State. We mentioned President Linton. Uh, we we wish the best for him, and I I love what he has done here in a pretty short period of time. You think about Gene Taylor and the job he's done and the coaches he's hired and the buildings that have that have been created after John Curry left and he took over. 
Um, it's extraordinary. And, and I just think right now uh, we're so fortunate to have all of our coaches, but the, the two that I work with the most with, with climate and Tang, are you kidding me? Uh, we're, we're, we're very, very lucky. And so it, it, Hey, it is a great day to be a wildcat. Isn't it always? Yes. And you echoed something. I, I said, I went on a Cincinnati podcast and they asked me what, what the future is for K-State athletics. And I said, look, you know, we, we've had some amazing runs in K-State football. We've had amazing runs in K-State basketball. And we even had a pretty un, unbridled streak of both teams going to postseason play. I don't think we've ever been in a position where these two sports at the same time will be at this high a level. Uh, and, and you said, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a Wildcat. So I couldn't yeah. have said that. Well, last year, last year was certainly special. We, we know that. And, and I, I think everybody – uh, is hopeful that it, that we can get in the vicinity of what happened last year. And I'll, I'll say this, I don't know whether those teams will or they will not, but the fact that they have the opportunity is all you can ask for. You know, staying healthy and having a little luck and, and all of those, lots of factors that go into it. But But again, it starts with the culture and the coaching and all of those kind of things. And I think the Cats are pretty set there. That is 100% true. Well, that's all we have for this week's show. Remember, check out Manhattan Brewing Company every time you're in Manhattan. CharlieHustle.com. They just dropped some brand new K-State merchandise. So for the voice of the Wildcats, Hall of Famer Wyatt Thompson, for my dog Chauncey, the best dog in the world, we love you guys, and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Podcast Network.